friends, and welcome to episode 24 of Cool Story with David J. McNeil. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. This episode features a chat with my friend and neighbor, co-owner and operator of the Costa Rican tour company, Costour, and a host of his very own YouTube show, Pepito Live Costa Rica. I'm talking about Mr. Eve Pepito Mellet. I wanted to have my friend Eve on the show because after a year and a half of living in Costa Rica, Belinda and I still get a lot of questions about moving here. People are really interested, and I, I think to a certain extent, people have been inspired by uh, our move here and the, the fact that we're able to work here remotely as digital nomads. We've had a few friends come down to look at properties, and uh, we've got one close friend so far who bought a property down here with his wife. So that's pretty exciting, and it's fun to have some of our friends from home here as well. I wanted to introduce Eve to my audience and to my friends because Eve's show, Pepito Live, really does a great job of sharing a lot of pertinent information about all aspects of moving to and living in this beautiful Central American country we call Costa Rica. That's not something that I do much of on this podcast. This podcast isn't necessarily about Costa Rica. It comes up and, and all that kind of stuff because uh, it can't help but not because that's a big part of our lives. We live here. We're planning to live here six months of the year, but because of the pandemic, seemed like a better idea to hang out here at our house and uh, ride the pandemic out. So we'll be talking about that and moving to and living in Costa Rica with my friend Eve. So let's just jump right into it. This is my conversation with Eve Pepito Mallette. Hello, Eve. How are you? Hey, David. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you uh, here in my studio today. Oftentimes we do the uh, podcast well, usually do the uh, podcasts over Zoom calls and that sort of thing these days, uh, where I can see somebody on a screen, but it's nice to be in the same room as, uh, as my guest. So thanks for coming uh, over, for walking across the street. for <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah, for the, for the podcast. We live in the same neighborhood here in uh, uh, Las Palmas, uh, uh, in uh, Playa del Coco. Uh, Las Palmas is kind of the, the suburb that we live in, in, in uh, Playa del Coco, which is in uh, Costa Rica. And uh, uh, as people who have been listening to my podcast know for a while, uh, my wife Belinda and I moved down here a year and a half ago. We were going to stay here for six months, but of course the pandemic hit, and now we've been here for a full year and a half because this has been, uh, as you can attest, a pretty good place to ride out a pandemic. Oh, absolutely. I think this is probably, Plaza del Coco is probably one of the uh, best places to be in the world during uh, such a uh, an important uh, pandemia, if we could say. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you because um, you've done a, you've made a similar transition to the one that Belinda and I made. You made the transition with, uh, with your wife, Caroline. Uh, uh, you, you moved from Canada uh, down to uh, Costa Rica. I don't know. Uh, I can't recall whether or not you, when you moved here, you decided you were also going to work here, whether that came later. But uh, why don't you tell uh, our audience a bit about uh, your background, what you were doing in Canada, and, and what was the, the tipping point where you decided this was time for, for you to pack up and move to Costa Rica? Yeah, we've been in Costa Rica for just about seven years now, and time really flies, mm -hmm. uh, but no regrets. But when I'm looking back in what brought us to move to Costa Rica, actually, we really enjoyed traveling. So, you know, we would travel 
uh, every year, different places around the world. And one day we were actually in Mexico on the beach talking with an expat and she was telling us about her life as an expat in, in Mexico. And Carolyn and I says, wow, well, if she can do that, why can't we? <laughs> and uh, because, uh, I mean, I came from a background, I was working in the uh, administration aspect of uh, long-term care and healthcare. And I also worked in politics, and Carolyn worked in politics also at the provincial, federal level. And, you know, we both had jobs where we were working, like, not seven days a week. We were working eight days a week, 18 hours a day, um, and we enjoyed traveling. And so, you know, after that discussion with that expat in Mexico, we were like, wow, you know what, that, that lifestyle could be for us also. We don't need to be working eight days a week, 18 hours a day. Um, and why don't we look into that? And uh, we actually started looking at, uh, you know, projects and possibilities for Mexico because we had been going there for 18, uh, 18 years, actually, mm. traveling. But, uh, and one day on the internet searching on Google, I, you know, I bumped into some, some articles about Costa Rica. And honestly, I didn't know much about Costa Rica. I knew it wasn't an island, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know much about the particularities of the country. And uh, so, wow, we discovered like, wow, Costa Rica, happiest people on the planet, uh, you know, uh, highest uh, life expectancy, the blue zones, and all of those beautiful things. So I came down here for a quick trip, three days, and looked at a couple of properties and projects, and went back to Canada and said to Carolyn, wow, you know, this is... We got to go down there. And so actually we came down um, and we explored the entire country over the span of about maybe eight months. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to determine, you know, where is it that we would like to live on the mountains, on the beaches, the north, the south, the east, the west, the Pacific, the, yeah. uh, you know, the Caribbean. And, and we discovered uh, Playa del Coco. Mm -hmm. And uh, we loved Coco right from the start. And uh, after exploring the entire country, we ended up in Coco. And uh, no regrets, uh, none whatsoever. And this is home now mm -hmm. for us. Definitely home. And that, the thing that you were saying, too, you, you said that you traveled around the country and you, 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 you know, they checked out the mountains and the Caribbean side. And, and for a small country, it's got a lot of, lot of different uh, ecosystems. You're, you know, like there's, is that the word right? Or micro, yep. you know, it, it's... It's got a it's a rainforest area. It's got its dry area. It's gone. The Caribbean side has got a very culturally different, uh, uh, um, you know, feel to it, and and it really uh, well, like in most countries. But for a small country, there's a lot of variety, and there's a lot of different lifestyles that you can have within different areas in the country. So when you come down here, that is something that you should do. It's like you did, just travel around a bit and find absolutely. out. Absolutely, because honestly, all of Costa Rica is absolutely beautiful. That's my opinion on it. Yeah. But there are some communities in Costa Rica where it's really more of a typical lifestyle. And there are some other communities where it's more of a commercial, more touristy lifestyle. And there are other communities where you find a good balance and a nice mix. Yep. Like we have, in my opinion, in, in Playa del Coco. Mm -hmm. and that's what I love about it. Uh, it's all beautiful. But, you know, the reflection we made when we were going throughout the country was... You know, it's beautiful to look at, it's beautiful to visit, but you have to look at a community from the perspective of, can I live here? Do I have what I want? We all come to Costa Rica for a change of lifestyle and pura vida and, you know, some of those concepts. But, you know, we're still North Americans. Mm -hmm. and we still have a North American way of life. 
So um, we, we were looking at it from the perspective of, do we have everything that we need to be happy? Yeah. And uh, we found Playa del Coco, and here we are. Yeah, because this town has a, a good balance of tradition, uh, but uh, a tradition of tourism, of, uh, of uh, you know, the kind of economy. It's been a fishing village for a long time before it was a tourist area. Uh, so you get that mix, you know, you can go to the beach and hang out with other, you know, North Americans or whatever, and you go out on tours and stuff like that. But at the same time, you can see all the guys going out to fish, uh, uh, you know, and make their living. And uh, so it's not a, it's not an area that's been completely overrun by tourism. You, there's a good mix, I think, and you, yep. you feel like you're part of Costa Rica and not... Uh, yep. The Costa Rican way of life is still very present. Yeah, yeah. And so what's, uh, so you, you come down, you fall in love with the place, and then what happens next? You, did you just sell everything off, or did you have a couple-year plan, or what? Did... Uh, actually, what we did is, uh, because when we were exploring Costa Rica during those two years, we were also, because we're both way too young to retire, so we basically, you know, needed to have a project and an income and a way of life and everything. So uh, we were, you know, like a lot of people wanting to, you know, come to Costa Rica, we thought, oh, maybe we could have a little bed and breakfast, a little hotel or this and that. And we looked at the wide variety of things. And uh, after two years, honestly, we hadn't found anything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that sort of like searching we were doing from, yes, when we were visiting the country, but also a lot from a distance. And doing that from a distance is, in my opinion, reflecting on, on that exercise is pretty much impossible. Yeah. You have to be on site. It's, you know what, moving to a country like Costa Rica, it's, it's, it's a love story. <laughs> you know, uh, it's all beautiful. So you don't know where it's going to lead you and, you know, and when the kick is going to come. So um, you're still in the falling in love phase. You're not in the reality of living together. phase. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so what we did is um, we were we were still looking. And then at some point in time, we hadn't found anything. Um, so we decided, listen, you know, if we keep searching, probably from a distance, it probably won't ever happen. So. We have to give ourselves a target date. On that target date, uh, if we haven't found anything, we quit the jobs, we sell the house, uh, we uh, pack our bags, uh, we give the kids away, and we move to Costa Rica. <laughs> and pretty much that's basically, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing about it, but that's pretty much what we did. Uh, the, uh, you know, the target date came, and that's what we did. We sold the house in three weeks, quit our jobs, you know, good jobs, sold the cars, Packed up the bags, and we, um, you know, we la we landed in San Jose with uh, six boxes and the dog. Yeah. I bought a vehicle, and from there we had no clue, absolutely no clue, where we were going to end up. Yeah. No safety net. Nothing. Well, that's exciting, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's exciting. It's exciting, but it's also a little bit crazy in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about making a decision like that. Our decision was similar. You know, we we came down and we, you know, we shopped for a house and stuff like that. But we didn't bring much with us either. But it was uh, making a decision like that is freeing. And then once you do it, too, I think you you make other decisions that are like that, that are more, you know, jumping without a parachute kind of thing. And let's see what happens once you've done a big thing like that. It kind of changes the way you think about things, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So you did you did look around once you got down here. I know for a fact you looked around for a business and you purchased a business mm -hmm. that you didn't stick with that long tell us about what that decision was like and 
Yeah, well, actually, we were in San Jose and we were looking at, uh, you know, different uh, options and opportunities. And, uh, you know, going over the Internet, we saw this, uh, you know, beach bar for sale in uh, Playa del Coco. At the time, it was called uh, Tiki Coco. Uh And uh, we had been here. We we knew we knew the business. We knew like the, the improvements have been made and so forth. And uh, we decided, well, you know, why not? You know, it's a business on the beach. Well, maybe like having a beach bar is not really what we want to do long term. But at least, you know, basically in a nutshell, we're going to be buying ourselves a job. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a turnkey operation. You're buying the corporation. You're you, with the corporation. Of course, you're getting bank accounts. So it's making your integration as, a, uh, as an expat a lot easier. And basically, so we called up the... Um, the, the owner and made an offer, and a week later, we were taking over the restaurant on the beach. In wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Nothing like easing into it. Yes. And uh, so what happened is uh, we arrived in Coco, took over the restaurant, the bar, started making some improvements. And there were some elements of it that we, of course, enjoyed, the public relation aspect, mm-hmm. people being on the beach, that kind of stuff. But sincerely, we knew right from the start wasn't the type of uh, you know thing that we wanted to do long term um, so what happened is that we pretty much basically just kept the business on the market and uh, three months later a real estate agent walked in and said i have an offer on your business and the offer was really good so um we we accepted to sell it yeah yeah <laughs> one of the things you told me about that that i found was interesting was that you told me, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you told me that one of the difficulties is that, like, if you own a bar in Toronto, the, the, the liquor prices are quite high, and they don't have all kinds of drink specials. That's just the way the government works. They, don't want, they, 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 they think of that as uh, promoting sort of uh, alcohol abuse or whatever, to have a lot of specials and deals and cheap, you know, happy hours. Don't really see that anymore. It used to be a thing. In Costa Rica, that's a thing everywhere. You know, in some places, we'll have, like, a happy hour the last six hours where the drinks are two-for-one or really cheap. And in a business where you make a lot of most of your money on the booze, it's harder to do that in a place here where happy hours everywhere, right? And you have to compete with the person next door who's selling cheap booze as well. Yeah, that's the problem. I think that from a business per- perspective that we were faced with, that we weren't really aware of that aspect of it. We weren't really aware of that when we actually, you know, purchased the restaurant. But um, yes, there was a big like price war on 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 uh, on booze on beer. Uh, in Playa del Coco. Also in other communities in Costa Rica, but not so much because some of the business people in other communities, they, um, they got together and decided that they weren't going to go such a, below a, a certain price. But in Coco, it was, you know, you could get a beer for a thousand colonas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a thousand colonas. And, you know, as, as a business owner, I mean, I would, it would cost me 750 colonas to purchase that 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 can of beer for example yeah so you know you gotta you gotta sell a lot of beer to be able to with 250 colonas which is you know the equivalent of uh, 50 cents pretty much yeah yeah uh to 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 do um a proper income so it's a it's a really really tough it's a beautiful exotic type of business but it's really tough yeah from a survival perspective yeah <laughs> So you you uh, you looked at that. You you decided not for us. Uh, uh, you sold the business, and then how long was it before cost tour? Uh, actually, what happened is that the day that uh, we accepted that offer, uh, Carolyn and I had a discussion. Was like, 
well, okay, what is it that we do now? We're back to square one, basically. After two years, after buying the restaurant, after being faced you know, to this reality, uh, now we're out of a job and we're out of a project again. Mm-hmm. And, but what happened is that very quickly, you know, Playa del Coco is a very small community. So what happened is that very quickly, the word got around, oh, some Canadians purchased that business. So a lot of the Canadian expats, a lot of people from Quebec, because we speak French and stuff, you know, we started to be like the hangout place. And we also started to be sort of like the reference for a lot of people who would come to us for advice and stuff. So, or they would come to me and say, you know, could could you translate that for me? Or could you, you know, make me some recommendations? Where is it that I could go? What is Mm -hmm. safe? What is not safe? Um, and you know, we were also helping some, you know, Canadian, Canadian backpackers who would just walk in, we would feed them. And so, you know, we, we were just having fun helping the community. So when the offer came, I said to Carolyn, well, you know, I think maybe there could be a niche for us would be like in tourism. Yeah. Uh, so why don't, you know, basically I offer my services as a guide and, uh, I could, you know, create this small tour company and help people and be happy. I could work whenever I want, <laughs> if I feel like it and stuff. So Carolyn says, wow, that seems like a really cool idea. So, so I slept on that and the next morning, actually some uh, Canadian people come to the restaurant and say, uh, hey, you know what, Eve, how are you? And I go, I'm doing great. And by the way, I have a, you know, a news for you. They were people who would come to the restaurant often and say, what, what, what's happening? I said, well, guess what? I said, we, we sold the restaurant. Uh, I said, but I decided that, you know, I'm going to start a tour company. Mm-hmm. And lady says, really? I said, yeah, of course. She said, oh, wow, well, that's good because there's a group of five, you know, uh, of us tomorrow and we'd like to go on tour. Make us a plan for tomorrow. I'm like, no, 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 I can't do that. I got to do my research. I got to analyze, you know, I don't want to make another mistake. <laughs> right, right. I, I need to analyze the competition, check out. You know, she said, ah, you know, no, no, that's a bunch of, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> and she says, no, 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 make me a plan for tomorrow. She says, I'm serious and uh, take us out. And I did that. Yeah. And uh, I picked them up the next morning and uh, we did a plan for the day. We left. And when she got into the vehicle, she looked at me and says, uh, Eve, uh, what's uh, your business name going to be? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> she says, think about it. Think about it. She says, I need something. There must be something in your head. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe this is too simple or maybe too tacky. We're in Costa Rica doing tour, so it's going to be Costur. Yeah. And she goes, wow, that's amazing. She says, I love the name. It's short and catchy. And she says, now, my friend, you're in business. Yeah, and people know right away what it is. There's exactly. no, there's no, there's no guessing about well, what exactly is the product that they exactly. offer. Exactly. And now you've got vehicles and beautiful branding and, and, uh, and everybody knows who Costour is. Yep. So, uh, immediately what we did is, uh, from that very first tour, because that group of people were staying in, uh, in a condominium in Playa del Coco, where people get together every afternoon for happy hour around the pool. Everybody, you know, talks. What did you do today? And she's like, oh, this guy from the, the beach bar. He's selling the beach bar. He's starting the tour company. And I worked every day consecutively for three months without doing any advertising. Right. And uh, so then we started slowly getting into, you know, social media, got the company registered because that's, uh, you know, that's an aspect of, uh, you know, living as as an expat in a a community like uh, Costa Rica. And that was always very important for us. So we worked very hard to, 
legitimize the, the, the company the, as, as quickly as possible and, uh, and never look back. Yeah. And so, and, and so uh, it's not going to be long until things start. To, you were telling me today things are starting to open up. You're starting to get more calls about tours. You're doing more, more tours. Uh, tell our listeners, what, what are your, uh, your, your most in-demand tours? What, what do people want to do when they come to Costa Rica that Costa can offer them? Uh, I think the, the, like, the group of people we have around Playa del Coco are pretty much around like 50, 50, 50 years of age and up. So a lot of the tours that we have actually are more centered around nature tours. Uh, a little bit of adventure tours, but we have them divided in three categories. So we have adventure tours, we have nature tours, and we have cultural tours. And, and we try to specialize into these three niches. And a lot of the stuff that we do, because we're specialized in smaller groups, a lot of the stuff that we do is actually personalized. So we have our main tours that we offer, for example, in nature tour, the two most important or popular tours are the slot discovery tour yeah. and the Palo Verde boat tour, for example, to see animals. Yeah. And, and those are tours where it's not into a, a zoo type of setting. We actually go in nature. It's a rendezvous with nature. It's a rendezvous with, you know, with the wildlife. And it's always magical every time because that's the approach on it. Mm -hmm. And we do have the same type of approach with, with cultural activities and we have the same type of approach with, with adventure tours. But a lot of the, probably about 50% of what we do are, are nature tours. Yeah. Yeah, we've been on a few different nature tours. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a fun thing to do. And people really enjoy the sloth tours. I, I think oh. a lot of people come down here specifically wanting to see sloths. And <laughs> absolutely. You know, absolutely. Or, yeah. And um, the beauty, I think, of the area over here, anybody coming to, the, to explore, you know, Playa del Coco in Costa Rica, is what I love about this area, about Playa del Coco in Guanacaste, is that it's sort of like a micro representation of the entire country. So you could be here on a holiday. Sometimes people come in this area here on a holiday and say, oh, you know what, I want to go to Manuel Antonio, or I want to go to Monte Verde, I want to go here, I want to go there. I say, well, you know, if, if this is your first time coming to Costa Rica and you're in Playa del Coco, you have everything you want to enjoy from a Costa Rican experience within an hour, an hour and a half away, yeah. two hours away max. You don't need to go very far to enjoy everything that Costa Rica has to offer. We have some of the most beautiful beaches here. We have different microclimates, which is extreme hot weather here on the beach, to an hour and a half away to the, the volcano, Rincon de la Vieja volcano. We have a different microclimate there where it's rainy, fresher. Uh, we have waterfalls. We have, uh, you know, name it. Um, you, you, you could go fishing. You could do anything that you would want to do in a country yeah. like Costa Rica. You can sit on a patio in downtown Coco and have howler monkeys overhead. Absolutely. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. We're right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. And it still happens, which is the beauty of it. Yeah. So, um, so you guys are operating these, uh, uh, these tours now. How long, how old is, uh, how long have you been running Cost Tour? Uh, Cost Tour is celebrated, uh, or we're cele we celebrated six years, February 10th, which is actually on my birthday. Nice. Yeah. And so, uh, Cost Tour is a, a very, very well-known brand and popular uh, company to, uh, to, uh, hire here in town to, to go out on tours. Uh, you guys are Full steam ahead. You're probably working just as many days as you were back in Quebec, but I guess I guess it's different because now maybe it feels different. You're working a lot, but yeah, it's yes, of course uh, we still work a lot, but we're so much committed, you know, to uh, what we are doing. It's 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 our company. 
we enjoy what we're doing. We enjoy helping the tourists in, in as many ways as we can. Uh, and, you know, if, if I work so hard still, it's my choice. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's my company, so I could decide tomorrow morning I want, if I want to reduce the activities, if I want to, you know, increase or whatsoever. So I have nobody else to blame but myself now. Well, and then the other side, too, on any given day, your office is the rainforest or a waterfall. Uh, or a... <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, this is a privileged, privileged life. Yeah. And and uh, and that's pretty cool, too, that you guys, I mean, you guys can, uh, you know, uh, offer English tours and you can do Spanish and you can do French tours for people visiting from French speaking countries or Quebec mm -hmm. or whatever. So uh, uh, people know that they can uh, that uh, that they'll get all the information they need in the language that they, the they speak. The language issue is very important for us. Uh, and I think it's been part of our success in a way. Uh, but we've actually done also tours in Italian. Mm -hmm. We've had a group one time of people that came from Russia. We gave, we gave a tour in, in Russian. Because, I mean, if you're doing a nature tour, you're doing a bird tour, I mean, 50% uh, of the appreciation is, in, is not only seeing the bird, is the behavior are all the characteristics about this very specific uh, you know animal or bird and so that comes through language so if if the the verbal elements is not there yes the magic is there with the visual but if i can't explain what are the particularities of this bird in a in a way that you could really understand then you're not it won't be the same experience so for us the language um, element is very very important for us to be able to provide you know, the, the experiences in, in the native languages of the people visiting. Yeah. So when people come down to visit, they should look up Costour. And uh, I wanted to pivot a bit here because, uh, uh, because uh, I, I want to talk about a pivot that you guys made. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that when the pandemic hit and, uh, and the, then the flights stopped coming in and the tours stopped coming in, uh, you decided that you wanted to keep busy and you wanted to... Uh, to uh, uh, launch another project that has become uh, well known here amongst the locals and, and it's branching people are listening from all over the place. And uh, you came up with an idea to do a show that you've been calling uh, Pepito Live. Uh, and that's, I wanted to talk to you about that because since we started this journey and we came down here and I started talking to people from here and doing the podcast and talking about Playa del Coco, We've had a lot of people from back home uh, who are starting to think, oh, if these guys can work from, from there, maybe we can do that or we can work out some sort of an, an arrangement where we live partly in Canada and partly down in a place like uh, Costa Rica. Uh, and so I think we, we kind of fired up people's imaginations and then people started asking us a lot of questions. But on the podcast, we know the podcast isn't a show about uh, necessarily moving to Costa Rica. It just comes up from time to time based on who I'm talking to. But you've really put together a show that addresses all of the aspects of, of living here, moving here, and, and talking to experts about how to make that happen. So just tell us a bit about what, what, what you've been doing on Pepito Live. Mm -hmm. Well, Pepito Live is, uh, is a, of course, is a live show. Uh, you know, we're, we're broadcasting it on YouTube. And Pepito is you, that's your nickname. And Pepito is my nickname, yeah. yeah. And uh, the reason is that, you know, for a lot of uh, Costa Ricans or a lot of Latino people, they have a hard time saying Eve mm -hmm. uh, or how, how is it spelled. So it started actually as a joke. 
but it now it's stuck to me yeah uh and uh also uh, it means little grandpa so when my daughter got pregnant there's a whole story that i wanted i wanted my grandchild to call me grandpa she said no that's too old-fashioned so i i came up with pepito and that the whole thing so now here it is it's pepito so uh what we do on the show actually is is a mix of a couple of little things that a lot of the focus we do is the expat life in costa rica yeah how to come to costa rica uh, you know what are the legal requirements that kind of stuff but there's also like um, another component of the show that is what are some of the expats that are here actually doing or some of the success stories or some of the amazing people that are here stories story stories of courage and determination that kind of stuff but the chunk of it is pretty much always Costa Rica and also other times other people uh, other uh, countries in Central America also with that we try to actually use uh, humor uh, i'm not a professional comedian and you know i'm having fun doing the show i'm having fun producing it yeah but what i've noticed is that when we use uh, humor and when i mean humor generally i will just laugh at myself in different ways uh, shapes and form and people actually absolutely just love it but and what happened is that one of the, the reasons i started you know doing this is that I think because of our, a lot of people have been following our uh, story on social media for a long time. I have a huge Facebook following. I actually refuse people on my Facebook page mm -hmm. and, uh, and a couple of Facebook pages that I actually run. So people, you know, call me all the time. Pepito, you know what? Uh, what about this element of moving to Costa Rica? Or this, that element of moving to Costa Rica? And I get calls and questions on a daily basis I could be sitting at my computer full time and just doing that. So doing the show was creating the show was twofold was finding a way to respond to the, this number of inquiries that I'm getting and also was a way to stay connected during the pandemic and also a way of having fun. And by introducing humor, you know, um, you know, I did I did a show in French just before Christmas on how to make uh, chili guaro. Yeah, and you know, which is a very been, popular shot down here. And, yeah, which is a shooter down here. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I did that with a lot of humor. You know, not literally getting drunk during the show, but feeling <laughs> pretty good about it. Yeah, and I did a few you know goofy things on it, but I received so many, so many you know uh, feedback from people say, you know, thank thank you for making us laugh. Yeah, and for me, it's it's also a way of sharing uh, information about Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about. When I'm preparing the recipe for uh, Chili Guaro, uh, the, the national shooter of Costa Rica, I'm talking about the history of Costa Rica. I'm making a goof of myself, but <laughs> I'm having fun. So that's the formula. Yeah. And the show, just to clarify, so the show Pepito Live is available on YouTube. You have your own YouTube channel where you've been broadcasting. It's not a podcast. It's an, not a pod audio podcast like ours. It's a, it's a video format, visual format. And you've been uh, you've jumped into the technology. You've been loving that. You've been doing green screens and split screens and talking to multiple guests. It looks pretty slick. Uh, and so yeah, you've been having a lot of fun with it. Now now tell us uh, what are uh, so what are the big questions people are asking you? I have a, I have a feeling I know some of the big questions. But why don't you tell me like what are the big like the top five questions that people want to know about because they're interested in coming down here? Well, some of the questions are uh, well, they want to know how easy it is. First of all, they want to know like what the process is and the legal, the legal aspects of it. That's probably one element. 
Also, people have a lot of questions about uh, the areas. That's also um, questions that I get a lot. Um, there's a whole bunch of questions, but people, a lot of people have uh, questions also about like, what are the services uh, available? And that's a very good question because when you're moving in a community like that, so what's available in terms of healthcare? How does it work? Yeah, no, that's a huge one. So I'm getting a lot of questions uh, also uh, uh, about that. And another very, actually very, very popular question is, what's my ability to work there? Yeah. You know, uh, so can I just come, you know, down to Costa Rica? You know, I've been a bartender, you know, all my life. Can I come down to Playa del Coco and find my job as a, find myself a job as a bartender on the beach? And so uh, there, there's sometimes complex, uh, you know, answers to those, but uh, we try to help people as, as much as we can. You know, the fact is that, you know, if you're coming down to work in Costa Rica as an expat, you have to have, uh, you know, the status of, 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 of resident to be able to work legally in Costa Rica. There's different ways of, getting around that for example if you're buying your own business like we did if you buy your own restaurant bar on the beach if you buy a shop downtown you buy a restaurant you buy a little hotel you buy you create i don't know uh, a yoga center that kind of stuff anything uh i think costa rica is full of potential yeah so there are limits to what you could do but yet if you know how to prepare yourself and if you want to it's it's endless that's yeah. my opinion on it yeah. Well, and the thing, too, about work coming down to work, too, is that you have to remind people, though, that when they come down to work in, in, in Central America, that the cost of labor is different than it is back in North America. So even if they got all their ducks in a row legally to work here, um, you know. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of people who would refuse to work for 3,000 colonists an hour, yeah. you know, which is about $5 U.S. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they, those are all the things that you need to think about. Absolutely. And then the other thing you guys do a really great job of, well, the other day you had on uh, our immigration lawyer that, yes. we, that we worked with to get our uh, permanent residency papers, uh, Marcella. And, uh, and she's got a company called uh, uh, The Immigration Experts. And so you were talking to her about uh, changes, recent changes in the, in the laws. Uh, and that's one thing that's important to be aware of because like anywhere, when you jump into a process to, uh, you know, maybe uh, move to another country, become a permanent resident, throughout that process, because it can take a while, the rules change. And they constantly change, and you have to be on top of it, or your lawyer has to be on top of it to figure out what those changes are to make sure that you're able to have all the paperwork you need and that sort of thing. So uh, that's a reality, right? That's a reality, and we try to, you know... Um to have Marcella as a guest and Mar Marcella and other experts also with related, uh, you know, uh, topics of interest uh, and to keep, you know, uh, providing some updates to people. And, and one of the problems I think for people wanting to, I think, uh, to move in a country like Costa Rica is when you go out on Google and we go out and search, there's so many sources of information. Yeah. And what I found when I was doing my research to come down here is there is also a lot of outdated information. Yeah. And there's also a certain number of misinformation. Mm -hmm. So I think one of our objective, you know, doing the, the show in these interviews and having these experts on the show is to provide the latest update. And very often during the show, we'll say, you know what, we're trying to break, you know, the misinformation out there and give the facts as they are today. And that's the other aspect of the element is that things change very quickly in Costa Rica. Costa Rica is an evolving country. Mm -hmm. And so what was the rule 
six months ago, two months ago, last week, today could be changing in a certain direction. So that's why I think the show has a certain value by providing some of these updates to people. And, and you know, during all of our shows, it's a live show and people can actually make comments. They can ask some questions. And we even have the technical capacity of bringing somebody in by camera. People are a little bit shy doing that, but that's something that we would like to do more. And so people could actually come live on their camera and ask their questions to our special guests. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of shows with panels. Yep. Where you've got split screens and multiple people discussing uh, a topic. That's been pretty cool. Yep. It looks like you're having a lot of fun with it. And by the I'm, way, as somebody who comes from a broadcast background, I mean, you've really picked it up quickly and it looks great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you've given me a few advice, which I really appreciate also. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's been fun. You know, and we've been kind of watching each other and what we're doing and stuff. And uh, so uh, it's nice that we're, uh, you, you've invited me to be on an episode of an upcoming episode of your show. You're on the, on this podcast. It's great to be able to uh, cross pollinate our uh, our uh, our audiences. Absolutely. <laughs> because, like I was saying, that's the you know the thing is is I get a lot of questions about this, and I try to answer you know what it's like to do you know to deal with different factors of moving down here and that sort of thing. But your show is very much a show that people should go check out to find out uh, more the the nuts and bolts of how it works because you've always got experts on talking about it. Uh, a lot of the conversations I've had with people are just kind of anecdotal things about, you know, stuff that's going on in our lives. What are some of the uh, uh, most popular guests or topics that have really gotten people sort of inspired watching Pepito Live? Well, I think the most popular uh, topics uh, are is definitely immigration issues. Yeah. That's definitely right up there. Um, anything that has to do with, with uh, you know, becoming a resident as an expat. You know, we have a show that people could register, actually, that we're going to have, we do, because we do some shows in French, we do some shows in English, and so we have a guest that's coming in, uh, in a couple of weeks now, and uh, we're actually going to be talking about the cost of living in Costa Rica. Yeah. So he will, and that's one of the questions we, all, we often have. So people say, well, what does it cost? So uh, Alain is going to be preparing two budgets. Like if you want to live in Costa Rica very modestly, or if you want to live in Costa Rica as, you know, like a, with a North American lifestyle. Right. And we're going to have two budgets we're going to present to people. And so we're, and so we're lining up and we started the promo on those shows and uh, in French and English. And, you know, on one of the shows I've got, uh, I think on the French show, I've already got over 150 people uh, pre-registered. Yeah. Amazing. So, so that's amazing. And that's, that's the one you're doing with uh, Alain Mouquet, who's uh, he's a real estate agent down he's here, right? He's a real estate agent. And Alain has been here for 30 years, pretty yeah. much, just about. So, I mean, he's, you know, arrived in Costa Rica, young and wanting to live the dream. And uh, he's been around and, and he's been through some situations. Yeah. And so he's got a bundle of experience. And he's been here and he made a, he married a Costa Rican. So he's basically considering himself, a, he's, a, he's, he's a Canadian, but he's basically considering himself a, a Costa Rican now. But he has a lot of knowledge about the daily lifestyle of Costa Rica. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you pointed that out. And it's, it's, I think it's good for people to understand this, talking about having two different budgets. Because some people want to come down here and live the hippie lifestyle. Get a little a little house that probably looks more similar to a Tico house. Tico is a term that we use for, well, the Tico is a term that the, the Costa Ricans use to do, describe themselves, Ticas, Ticos. Uh, and, um, and, you know, some people, North Americans, will come will want to come down here and have that sort of dream lifestyle, the, the hammocks and the little house by the ocean or whatever. Um, 
and then there's other people that are more closer to what we're doing. Our, our situation is that I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing broadcast work, I need to send large video files back and forth. We need to live in an area that has infrastructure and has a really good internet. We found a company who's got, we get 100 megabytes per second, you know, uh, um, to, to be able to do this. We can't do that. I couldn't do that in Puerto Viejo, where I could have more of a hippie lifestyle, but the infrastructure is not the same. So if you're going to work, that's an issue. Are you, you know, so, but, you know, and then some people come down and maybe they do the hippie lifestyle and find out that's not all it's cracked out to be either, or come down and do sort of more what we're doing, which is a bit more, slightly more North American living for sure in, in, in Las Palmas and figure out maybe, maybe they want to downsize or whatever, but it's, it's good to have the pricing and figure out like what the reality is of both of those existences. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, so we're lining up with that show and we're also going to be doing uh, another show is uh, this one's going to be in English uh, with Pablo Arias and he's a Costa Rican actually and he actually works uh, for for a moving company but he knows all around he knows all of the country of Costa Rica every region because he's all over the place for his business and stuff so he knows every little nick in Costa Rica and so we're we're going to be doing a show with him that's going to be called where to live in Costa Rica mm -hmm. so we're going to be dividing the country in different sections and we're basically going to be discussing sort of like the pros and cons but mostly the pros of each and every areas and or the differences if we could say of each and every area and that's going to be like uh, pretty cool also because that's you know that's sort of like the result of my entire two years experience traveling right. the country yeah so for somebody to go online now and have access to that information i think is is priceless yeah i mean part of the adventure is maybe trial and error but then there's all kinds of things that definitely you know situations that could be a little bit painful that people might want to avoid going through and it's nice for you guys to be able to uh you know uh you know uh share that information with people so that they don't uh go down those rabbit holes that uh, <laughs> that are Definitely. difficult to get out of because you know the uh, the expat life I think the statistics are that about 50% of the people who actually make a move to live in another country like Costa Rica end up going back home yeah. within the first 12 months or something like that yeah. and just because I think they were probably not very uh, well prepared yeah. uh, to certain elements so you know like even for you know for Carolyn my wife For me, as soon as I, you know, arrived in Playa del Coco, I was home. But for, for Carolyn, my wife, she spoke very little English. Mm -hmm. She spoke no Spanish. She's, a, you know, more of a reserved, more timid person. Uh, not so crazy of the extreme weather. So the adaptation for her, you know, I mean, I think within the, after six months, if I would have said, you want to move back to Canada? She would have said, yep, you know what? The, the bags are going to be ready tomorrow morning. And now we haven't done that. And now she's, she's adapted. But it was really, really, really tough for her. Yeah. And so, but a lot of people can't overcome that. Yeah. I, you know, that makes me think of when I was, I, did, I do a lot of research before I do anything. And I did a ton of research before we, we came down here. Uh, and I did, it was everything from reading books on Costa Rica, uh, reading books, you know, uh, by people who live in Costa Rica who had advice Um, I forget the name of the lady right now, but there was a lady I read a couple of her books. They're like, uh, uh, Live Like a Billionaire. Uh, there's some authors down here who, who've written books about yeah. what it's like to live here and, and the pitfalls and stuff to watch out for. But the one thing, and I watched a lot of YouTube videos. There's all kinds of people down here that have been producing YouTube videos for a long time. A lot of them are rants and stuff and top tens about this and that. 
But the one thing that people kept drilling into my head and, and, and people's heads over and over is that one thing that sends people home quicker than anything else is people who come down here that are maybe, say, A-type personalities, very North American ideas about how things should work, and then come down here and get frustrated beyond belief that things don't happen fast enough, that they can't find all the things that they want, or that the government operates in a manner that they can't wrap their head around and they get frustrated and go home. You know, that they don't understand the culture here before they got here. Mm -hmm. And they kind of, they move down here thinking, I think I should be able to have sort of the same sort of things that I had back home, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, that's the one thing I hear over and over. And you know what? As much as when I, I have to confess that as, as much as I, you know, came in with an open mind and ready to do that, I, I still, I, I've had quite a few incidents where I really lost it. You know, yeah. Patient. For example, if you ask somebody to provide you with a service, you know, he's going to tell you it's going to take a week. Yeah. Uh, so in my mind, when I came here, to me, a week means two weeks. Mm-hmm. But I've been, you know, confronted in situations where it wasn't two weeks, it was three weeks. Yeah. And I've actually had a, a mechanic that did some work on my car that, you know, honestly, was supposed to take a week. It, it ended up taking three months. Yeah. And to a point where, you know, I mean, the, the level of frustration goes, you know, goes up and up. That's maybe an extreme example, but... I, I, I caught myself having to talk to myself mm -hmm. uh, as much as I want to live the lifestyle and I respect it. And, you know, you have to sort of like at some point say, okay, now, why did I come here? You know, and rethink about all of this because it's, 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 easy, to get, it's easy to get upset uh, because there's a lineup at the bank or because of this or because of that, that kind of stuff. But um, the pura vida and the application you know, uh, applying it in our daily life is, is also two, di two different things. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, we, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. We've, we've had those situations as well, too. I mean, <laughs> the more you have those situations, though, the more you get used to it. But, um, you know, the, the thing is, too, is that, you know, you talked earlier about the blue zone. And the blue zone, for people who don't know what that is, is, you know, there are several blue zones around the world, and there are areas where people seem to live no, they don't seem. They live significantly longer than other people. And in this area, there's a blue zone. And people live longer than they do in North America. And that's part of the reason why people live longer. They, they don't have stressful, stressful jobs, but a lot of people have manual labor jobs where you work all day. You don't work at a quick pace because you, work, you live in a hot place, but you get the job done, you know, and you work, you work from 6 until 3. You slowly get through your day at a, a nice pace. You're getting exercise all the time. You're out in the sun. And that's kind of, that's how people live in, in this part of the world. Yeah. And, uh, and that's ingrained in people and it's the pace and, and it doesn't change because yeah. you want it to change. Take a life expectancy in Nicoya, which is the area that's not too far from here, is actually 96 years old. Yeah. And, uh, and scientists from all over the world come and study the lifestyle. And, and you're so right. It's, you know, it's the outdoor uh, but it's also the value system of the Costa Ricans. Costa Ricans, like what it, when we talk about pura vida, pure life, the simple life, it's really a way, uh, it's not just a slogans for uh, the tourists. Yeah. It really is a, a way of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and, and that is why like Costa Ricans are lovely, lovely people. But if you try to push them in that pressure cooker that we have in North America, they're going to back off, mm -hmm. and, you know, and they're not going to appreciate that. That for them is sacred, 
and that is very very important and i think that's the secret for you know the longevity how do you say that in english longevity yes longevity uh for the for those people also in this area the other thing about costa rica is we have no polluting industries here yeah Uh, that's very important so they say even if you move here as an expat like pretty much automatically your your life expectancy is going to increase yeah because you have the fresh air because you have the natural fruits the vitamin d the vitamin d the sun is here more outdoor more activities more swimming more whatever more pool um and those are all you know great benefits yeah i'm guessing that in if you you're chatting with people in the in the tico community here that you don't hear a lot of stories about guy dropping dead from a heart attack or strokes or that sort of thing the way we we experience that with our our friends and family back home because of the pressure cooker situation about how we work and all that kind of stuff and so right yeah 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 we have a resident here in costa rica his name is chipito well, chipito lives in the san jose area he's uh he follows the years so uh plus uh, uh plus 20 so he's he's 120 years old, mm-hmm. and and uh, he's still in top good shape. He, I mean, he received uh, two weeks ago, I think, his his uh, COVID nineteen virus, and uh, but he's still he's still actually a very healthy man. He's 120 years old. Wow, Chepito. People could look it up. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and so. Uh, uh... What, what are some of the other hot topics that people want to talk about on the show? Well, I think that the other thing that we like to do on the show is, you know, beside residency issues, uh, is also like stories of, you know, stories of, of success uh, for people uh, that either have been here or in Central America, you know, for example. So people, people also really enjoy that because they could see some models and that actually gives them some ideas that what is possible. So if those people did it, then I could do it also. Yeah. And so we try to present some of the, you know, uh, expat experiences or, and success at, at, at different levels. And that's pretty popular also. Um, and, uh, and we've also done some, you know, interviews and shows where we went totally out of the loop to talk about uh, stories of braver, bravery and uh, courage uh you know we've had milen paquette who is a canadian uh, woman who crossed the atlantic uh, you know uh rowing the boat uh, from canada to uh, to france so we've yeah. had people like that because i think they're inspiring people so you know we talk about yeah expat expat life costa rica adventure and courage and determination i think those are all inspiring uh, subjects well they must be because people are people are tuning in right you you're getting a great response from people and we're getting yeah we're getting and actually in the last month or so we're getting for some reason i i'm feeling this uh i don't know how do you call that a drive or an energy mm-hmm. and uh and yes the and the viewership is augmenting uh, augmenting uh, every week so and and the humor is always there also yeah yeah for sure <laughs> gotta keep it moving gotta keep it funny gotta keep people Coming back for more. I try. Well, I'm looking forward to being on the show. Uh, you uh, you told me that you wanted to chat about uh, being a digital nomad, which actually is a, a, a title that came up uh, when, in uh, uh, in 2019 when Belinda and I were interviewed by Toronto Life magazine. 
they introduce us and other couples as being digital nomads, which is people who can travel around the world and kind of work from wherever. So that's what we're going to be talking about on, on your show, right? Absolutely. Looking forward to having you on the show, David. We're going to be talking about that. And actually, it's, it's going to be a topic that's really um, of uh, actuality. Uh, because actually, Costa Rica is progressing very uh, quickly now with uh, a way of changing the laws to uh, accommodate people who want to move to Costa Rica yeah. and work as a digital nomad in, in being able to do it in a very uh, legal way with a residency status and so forth. So so it's, uh, it's a really exciting topic. Yeah, it just sounds like that's really going to open up doors for a lot of people who are dreaming of that idea of coming down to a place like this and working. And, uh, you, know, you know, it's interesting, um, the whole uh, digital nomad thing, because, you know, a lot of people will be listening to this maybe in a, a couple of weeks, or maybe somebody will be listening to this in a year from now, going back through the, the podcast catalog and, and, and discovering uh, older episodes. Uh, so, you know, right now we're, you know, we can see sort of the, the light at the end of the tunnel of this, this COVID pandemic. But the one silver lining about this whole thing, this whole horrible sort of period in our, our human history, is that, that we've learned a lot about how we live. And we've learned that we don't need to be, uh, uh, you know, tied to a desk um, because we've all been at home and we've all figured out how to do our job from other places. And so I think that's the silver lining about this whole situation. And I'm, we talked about this quite a bit on the podcast, that a lot of people are looking at, at the possibility of coming to a place like Lifestyle Coco and being able to work for at least part of the t year like we did because they know that it's doable now. I think that's that's sort of the, the one thing that we can take away from this whole experience that is going to be beneficial for people moving I forward. It, I think it has been beneficial to a lot of people. And I think, you know what, this situation with the pandemic has also given an opportunity to people to reinvent or create something new. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's hope. Part of the, the whole experience anyway in in in, in uh, my case it certainly has been the situation i've taken the opportunity to uh, think of new projects think of new ventures and have fun doing it also yeah and uh, i saw it as just a, a fun project but you know really i take life one day at a time and who knows what pipito life is going to become a year yeah. from now or so so who knows no it's exciting right yeah, and you, you launch this thing and it, it takes on an energy of its own yeah yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I look forward to having that conversation with you. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, just one last thought on that. And, uh, and that is too, that the other thing that people have discovered, I think during this pandemic is, uh, you know, a lot of people have uh, taken, you know, it, it slammed on the brakes and people that were able to look at themselves, look around at their family and their life and say, is this really the life I want to be living? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's another reason why people are kind of looking around thinking, you know, what, who, who else can I be in this world? What else can I do? What, you know, what are my options? So uh, we'll chat about that on the episode when I'm on with you mm -hmm. on your, uh, on Pepito Live. And uh, I want to suggest uh, that people, uh, first of all, if you're going to come visit and you want to check out the area, uh, uh, you can uh, look Eve up, look up Cost Tour and uh, chat with them about all the different packages that they have available for, uh, for you to uh, see the area and the, uh, and then also just to uh, to uh, check out Pepito Live on uh, on their YouTube uh, uh, channel. Yep. On YouTube, it's under the name Pepito Live Costa Rica. Yeah, Pepito Live Costa Rica. You said you haven't been mentioning the Costa Rica any, as much lately because you're starting to have conversations with some of the neighboring, uh, you know, people from neighboring um, Central American countries too. So you're sort of opening it up a bit more. Absolutely. But the focus is mostly on Costa Rica because that's where we are. 
I want to thank you for uh, coming over to uh, crossing the street and coming over to uh, <laughs> to, to Casa McNeil to our little studio here and chatting with me today uh, on uh, Cool Story. So thanks again. Uh, this uh, this has been a great conversation. Once again, my guest Yves Mallet. Thank you, and uh, all the best, for my friend. Thank you, David. All right. There you have it, my conversation with Mr. Eve Pepito Mallet. Also, uh, thanks again to Mr. Jerry Stamp, who wrote and performed the Cool Story theme song and all the other jingles and stings that appear on this show. Do yourselves a favor and look for Jerry's music wherever you stream. Also, if you would like to support the podcast, please visit patreon.com slash coolstory with David J. McNeil to make a pledge today. Patreon being spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. So patreon.com slash cool story with David J. McNeil is where you go to uh, support the show financially if you feel like doing so. And finally, thank you so much for listening once again. Until next time, Pura Vida. Everybody's had some adventures. Everybody's had a few close calls. Everybody's got a story. What's yours?